Hello and welcome to Late Seating. Hey, it's a new format. You can't see us anymore. You want to know why? Because everyone listens to the show and doesn't watch it. So this has now become a podcast. And uh, right now we don't have a channel for Late Seating. But if you want to take this video and uh, take it to one of those other sites and uh, convert it to an MP3 and listen to it at your leisure, I don't have a problem with that. For those of you who don't know about the show, this is the show where I, Jason Harding, and my friend Steve Shive. Say hello, Steve. Hi, everybody. It feels weird to be out of my body. Yeah, no, it's kind of, you know, you get used to it. I guess. Um, This is where we take a movie long after the hype has died down, long after everyone has talked about it, long after anyone really gives a damn about the film, and we review it for no real apparent reason other than the fact that we both love films. This time around, we are going to be reviewing that action-adventure comedy set in space. (laughs) (laughs) My Dinner with Andre. One of those, one again, once again, one of those movies that everyone has heard about, but I think very few people have actually sat down to watch. Actually, I think a lot of people sat down to watch it and watched about 10 to 15 minutes of it and then (laughs) stopped. Um, it came out in 1981, um, directed by Louis Malle, um, written by Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn, who also happen to be the two main stars. Um, My Dinner with Andre is ostensibly about two people who meet at a uh, fancy restaurant in New York City and have a philosophical discussion um, for two hours. And yes, this is a film discussion between two people as they talk about theater, life, death, etc. And before we uh, dive into the review of this film... Spoilers. I need to make sure that everyone understands that we are going to be talking about this film in depth and we don't really want to uh, edit what we are saying. So this movie is well over 20 years old. (laughs) And if you haven't seen it yet, pause the podcast, go and watch it, and then come back and you can hear us review it. So, uh, Steve... How do you feel about my dinner with Andre? You know, it was my experience with it before I saw it for the first time was very much like what you described, where it's a movie that you you heard about and you were aware of, but you didn't necessarily you didn't know about it from firsthand experience. And um, I knew about it more as like a punchline or like a reference before I actually saw it. It's one of those movies where like if if somebody, you know, uh, if somebody complains about like a big Hollywood action movie being really loud and really frenetic, you know, you might say like, well, it's not exactly Dinner with Andre. You know what I mean? Like it just it's sort of a reference point to a very quiet, very sort of staid type of film. Um, but I really love it. And I, I watching it in preparation for this, I was struck by how alive these characters are, even though literally all we see of them is sitting at a table having dinner with each other, except for the little shots of Wally at the beginning and at the end, like on his way to and from uh, the restaurant. We just see all of all we know of them is them at this dinner sitting at the table. And it's it's shot in the most simplistic way you could possibly imagine. It's almost entirely just shot, reverse shot, and it's it's so uncinematic in so many ways. But what makes it work as a film is that they these two characters feel like real people. They're fully realized characters. They have inner lives. They have thoughts. They have histories. They have opinions on things. Just think of how, how many movies you've seen 
whether it's a great film or a, a really terrible film, where you get a sense of the characters actually having opinions about things. That's so rare in a movie, even a good movie, to, to, to get a sense that this is a real person. He has thoughts about things. He's, he's had experiences that have shaped his point of view and shaped what he thinks of the world. And the two characters in this film, Wally and Andre, are those types of characters. So for all you could criticize the film for being, being, being very stagey or being very uncinematic or feeling more like a television show than a film, or there are all kinds of sort of visual criticisms you could, you could uh, make of it. But what really makes it work is that it gives us two characters who are truly, truly real. And that, to me, is what makes the whole thing work. <laughs> all right, my turn. Um, I have not seen this film since I was in college back in the... Uh... <laughs> 19 late 80s early early 90s and uh so i watched it for the first time yesterday and um i was surprised uh by a couple of things uh you know i you can't really comment on the cinematography it has a a, a fairly rough kind of very independent filmic quality especially the, the beginning of it where we're following wallace sean on the subway and it was refreshing to see a very unedited view of what New York City was like, especially at that time period. It was the late 80s. New York was not the nicest place in the world. It, it had not uh, tried to build itself back up again. Um, so it was very dirty. I, uh, you know, the, the subway is completely covered in graffiti inside and out. <laughs> Um, so that that was kind of refreshing, and and you know it, uh, the cinematography itself is is relatively unremarkable. It is uh, uh, you know uh, shot reverse shot, um, and uh, what draws p- people and uh, draws me to to this story is of course the the dialogue. But what struck me more than anything else, rewatching it now after a period of of almost thirty years, is there is a term that uh, kept hitting me, and that was boy. These are white people problems. <laughs> <laughs> These are the whitiest of white people problems I have ever seen. And you know, I'm a white person, so but I I recognize that uh, that uh, the, the 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 movie itself and we can get into this later as we as we discuss back and forth. Um the first half of the film is is uh Andre Gregory talking about all of this you know, basic ennui and, and soul-searching and going out trying to find himself and find purpose and meaning and all of this other stuff and going off to some bizarre Scottish place and having hallucinations about seeing giant blue bulls that that are weeping flowers in, in church while Wallace Shawn is sitting across from him quietly realizing that this was the conversation that he admits that he was scared about having before he went to go have his dinner with Andre. And I and I was sitting there getting angry at the uh, Andre character because uh, and I, and I I have to admit I don't remember feeling this way when I saw it back when I was in my early twenties I I feel this now that I was reaching a point where I could understand why someone would turn this movie off because Jesus Christ I hate Andre and if I made this movie I would have called it I hate Andre because Andre is that rich narcissistic. Um, privileged a-hole who is upset with his life and has the opportunity and means to go out and pay people to abuse him in a forest 
in order to find himself. And just as I'm reaching the point where I am frustrated with this person, thank God Wallace Shawn steps in and presents his side. When when Wallace, this movie does not take off for me until Wallace Shawn actually steps in and this stops becoming a series of monologues, which it ostensibly is for the first hour. It's just Andre going on and on about what he's done with his life. Um, when Wallace Shawn finally steps in and goes, for the most part, you're full of shit, um, that's when the movie takes off for me. That's when I go, okay, thank God, there's there's an alternative view. If Wallace Shawn had stepped in and go, well, that's fascinating, I, I, please talk more about it, I would have blown my brain. I probably would have walked away from the film because I just could not identify with Andre. Um, I recognize Andre. I, I uh, full disclosure. I have a background in theater. It's where it's it's what my training is. I am I am a playwright, so I heavily identify with the Wallace Shawn character who is portraying a playwright in this film. Um, so I, and I've met plenty of Andre Gregory's who will pontificate for hours about bullshit, and that's kind of what what my feeling was. But uh, what I'm concentrating on is. I still appreciated the film because it got an emotional reaction out of me. Because it, it, it got me involved in, in a different way. A lot of people want to view this as strictly philosophical. I think that my anger towards the Andre character is just as valid as, as people praising it for being this huge philosophical thing about a conversation. I appreciate the movie on those terms as well. But I also appreciate the fact that this movie elicited an emotional response out of me and, moreover, made me question why I was feeling that way towards Andre, because he is not a jerk, technically. He is not an... A- he, you know, I don't think he's an evil man by any stretch of the imagination. So it, it got me to question my own perceptions about what he was saying, and my own validations, and my own counterpoints to... You know, I started putting myself in Wallace Shawn's place. I was like, how long would I be able to keep my mouth shut if I was sitting across from Andre? So uh, I appreciated the movie, I think, on a different level. And I always, when I was watching it uh, yesterday, I was thinking, well, maybe I won't watch it again for another 20 years and I'll come back to it when I'm, Jesus Christ, when I'm 66 <laughs> and I will watch the film and and maybe I will have a different appreciation for some of the things they talk about, about death and about how, how uh, you know, the way they end the film with him talking about, you know, you're holding your baby son's hand and then and then in a blink of an eye you're you're standing next to a full grown a full grown man um and and maybe I will appreciate Andre's position more as I get older or maybe if I <laughs> become rich and and find myself lost about how I feel about humanity um but we can get into that more as Steve and I discuss back and forth my dinner with Andre hey Steve so um <laughs> As you can tell, I, I I did like the movie. I really, really liked the movie. I really liked the idea that it, it pulled out of me some some introspection, which I, I always feel is a great thing that a movie can do. Um, and I would like to start off uh, really close. You said the characters seem very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, brass tacks. This, this uh, screenplay is based on a series of conversations that um, Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn had. Um, back and forth, and then they they recorded those conversations, and then they they uh, wrote a screenplay based on those conversations. Right. So, this is not too far out from their wheelhouse. They are literally playing themselves. The characters' names are Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory, based on their actual lives and based on the conversations that they had back and forth. Um, and I heard that uh, Wallace Shawn said, "Well, I had uh, the idea that we'll reverse the roles, and that he would play 
the Andre part and that uh, 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 Andre would play the Wallace part. And I thought that would have been that would have been kind of interesting. But um, I don't think that uh, the way they did it with them with them playing themselves um, uh, uh, diminishes any of the points that were being made overall. Um, no, I, I actually I don't know if it would have been quite the same if they had played each other as opposed to playing themselves. I mean, I, yeah, I think like uh, I forget it was it was one of the French New Wave directors. I'm pretty sure, and I can, off the top of my head, I can't remember if it was Truffaut or another one, but I'm going to say it was probably Truffaut because he's the one that I've been most interested in. Uh, but he said he said all of us have one great acting performance in us, and that is yeah. as ourselves. Uh, yeah. and, and I mean, even, and even though Wallace Shawn is an actor, in addition to being a playwright and has had memorable roles in, in things other than my dinner with Andre, he's not someone I would mm-hmm. necessarily look at as a great actor, uh, nor, nor is Andre Gregory, but they both Vanya do... on 42nd street. If you haven't seen Vanya on 42nd street, yeah, he's really good. In that's, that. well, that's, yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're, it's not that they're bad actors. I just, no, no, but no, not they're, at all. they're excellent actors, but they do so well here, uh, essentially playing themselves. And mm-hmm. one of the things about the movie, in addition to the realness of the characters, and by the way, I agree with a lot of what you said about how full of shit Andre is. I mean, uh, and, and there is sort of that, that when, when the movie reaches that turn where, where Wally kind of, you know, lays it on the table. Like there, I, I, what is I, the argument? He says, are you trying to say that everyone has to go to Everest <laughs> yeah. in, order to, in order to have this mind-altering experience? Yeah, which is, which I, I, I love that because not only is he sort of, because I was, he, he's kind of speaking for me there too. Too, but it feels mm-hmm. like it also works with his character because we've already we've we've established that he's in kind of an inferior position to Andre. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's like in the role of the struggling playwright, and yeah. he doesn't, he, and he probably doesn't like the idea just for himself that he is incapable of having this most authentic of existences because he can't just up and go to Europe or go to Tibet or wherever and have or go this... to that Scotland place where they where they talk to the bugs to not eat the yeah. vegetables and, and have know. this yeah he can't go and just go have these sublime experiences whenever he feels like he needs a, a recharge and so it, it, there's yeah. there's a lot of sort of of self justification and a lot of self righteousness when he does that as well he's not just saying look Andre I mean, it sounds like you're kind of full of shit. He's he's kind of he's he's taking up for himself and saying, "How dare you say that my life can't possibly be fully realized?" I mean, because I haven't been to a mountaintop. That doesn't that that's mm-hmm. real. That's a really condescending thing to say. And um, more more to the point, I found a lot of what Andre was saying was extraordinarily narcissistic and closed minded and very insular as far as. You know, he basically writes off all of humanity at one point and saying that we're all trudging along, we're going to become robots, and the only people that are going to be um, uh, saved are these little camps of people. He actually says these little tiny, you know, these little enclaves of of, of society where they still mm-hmm. appreciate history and all that stuff. And I'm like, motherfucker, that is elitist bullshit yeah. at its highest form. And that's where I start, and you know, that's the point where I am starting to get, because I'm a humanist, (laughs) I guess, when it boils right down to it, and I'm kind of like, dude, you have not missed a meal in, what, decades? Probably never. And you are one of these uh, one of these artistic types that I can't stand, where you cannot step back and you have no perspective on your place in the world and what you're doing. You obviously think that what you're doing is incredibly important, and you found this, oh, I, I've been questioning and blah, blah, blah. And while at the same time, 
denigrating people who tell him that he looks good. There's a yeah. there's a there's there is a sequence in the film, and 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 if you caught it, Wallace Shawn does the same thing. When they meet in the restaurant, Wallace Shawn says, "You look great." Yeah. And then later on, no more than 15 to 20 minutes in, he's talking about how everyone keeps telling him that he looks great, but he feels terrible. And he picks out this one person, this I think a costumer, that says, you look terrible. And he praises this person because she saw his inner being. Fuck you. We are not gifted the gift of seeing inner beings. Right. If someone says you look great, accept it. They're being and nice. Just say thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're being nice. You and, and do what you did with Wallace Shawn, because his response at the beginning of the movie was, well, I feel terrible. Despite the fact that he's well-fed, he's smiling, he's well-dressed, and he's eating at a fancy restaurant. Yeah, you yeah. have a terrible life, dude, compared to the rest of the 99.999% of the people in the world who just fucking want to eat and maybe fall asleep without having to worry about real stuff. Like, yeah. will I get evicted tomorrow? Or, you know, will I make my car payment? Or, you know... And that's kind of the the dichotomy, and it's one of the reasons why I can understand why some people will get really, really frustrated the first 45 minutes. And I was yeah. looking for alternate reviews for the show, for the CounterPoint sec- section, and I see a lot of people saying, I watched 40 minutes and then I stopped. Yeah, I can and understand I can that. understand that. I can understand that because what your anticipation is, is like, Jesus, I can't do another hour and 15 minutes of listening to this guy bloviate <laughs> but, about how he hurts inside. But, you know, um, I, what, I, I mean, it, it all depends on if you can sit through it. Obviously, if you if you get frustrated yeah. with Andre's opening segment there and, and you turn it off, obviously you don't stick around to appreciate it. But, but one of the things that makes the movie work as a movie as opposed to just, I mean, it is essentially just sitting there eavesdropping on someone's conversation. But, but the reason why it feels like it works as a film is because... Because it still has some semblance of dramatic structure, even though mm-hmm. it is literally, even though literally nothing happens, nothing happens in this movie except they meet, they sit down, they talk, they get up, and they leave. Uh, yeah, and everything else is just through their conversation. But it still has a structure. You know, there are there are still yeah. turns, there are still moments where things change. There's still a, a, a little bit of conflict. And it's it, just in terms of a writing exercise, it's an impressive piece to behold because you have these, um, even though these characters aren't doing anything that uh, characters t- typically do in films, you can still break their story down into dramatic structure and say, here's the, here's the first act, here's the second act, here's the third act. If you're a screenwriting student like I am, you can point out, okay, here's the, uh, you know, here, here's the first plot point, you know, that sort of thing. Even though it, it feels weird to talk about it in those terms because... I mean, nothing really happens. Um, but uh, another thing that I loved about it, and this kind of goes to may- maybe why I didn't, uh, I didn't dislike Andre as much as you did, even though I completely agree that he's full of shit. Uh, and, I, I, and, and philosophically, I'm far more on the Wallace Shawn side than the Andre side. But when he is going into his long sort of speech and he's telling about his experiences in Europe and, and you know, all the, the workshops that he ran and and uh, all that stuff, some of that is really gripping. Yeah. It's really well performed. And especially the part which is probably the most full of shit experience he describes, <laughs> if you think about it. The, the Halloween night thing. Where you know they all they 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 go to uh, Richard Avedon's estate or Dick Avedon as he yeah. as he jauntily yeah. describes him, and uh, mm-hmm. and they, they dropper <laughs> yeah yeah we went to Dick Avedon's place he let us borrow it <laughs> and um, and you know they they he basically ends up being faux buried alive 
and then mm-hmm. and then taken out of the grave and then they go back around the fire and they dance and sing and they have this great cathartic moment and even though when you take a step back from that and you look at it and you're like wow that's crazy rich people are so crazy like yeah. they, they rich pr- people are so fucking crazy so in- insularized and so safe that they have to mimic the death experience yeah. in order to feel alive <laughs> he, he basically got pretend buried alive and <laughs> and so when you look at it from with a, just a little bit of distance it's like oh my mm. god give me a break but when he's yeah. when he's describing it when i was watching the film this morning and he's describing that mm. that that it, it feels so gripping and it's so much more uh, intriguing and exciting to hear him tell the story than it would have been mm-hmm. if we were watching it. And I feel it was gripping to him. I, I don't discount his personal experience. Right. Um, but for me, as the listener, <laughs> my only, my only handholds during all of that stuff is while I sympathize with his character to a point, mm-hmm. when they would cut back to Wallace Shawn, you can see him literally biting his tongue. Yeah, he is yeah. like, I'm not gonna. Especially the the sequence where he where he talks about where he saw a giant blue bull stand up in church. Oh yeah, and speak to him, and you can see him, and he wisely decides, okay, I'm not gonna pursue this any further. I'm going to. What was it? He says, Oh, have you seen? Uh, have you seen that play? Uh, that 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 reminds me of a play that has tulips in the title. Yeah. And, and he goes, "Oh no, I haven't seen it." And he says, "Oh, it's about people being strangled on a submarine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there is like there there is that that quality. There is that quality that Andre has, and I, you mentioned it when you were when you were first talking about how you felt about you know he's like he's just too artsy. Like he's you know he's he's one of these really super artsy people. And mm-hmm. it, 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 he reminded me a little bit just f- for that quality of uh, w- one of my w- one of my favorite characters from from modern literature, uh, Seymour Glass from J.D. Salinger's books, uh, yeah, yeah. who is the same kind of character. He's like he's a really likable character and he's really smart and he's really articulate. But when he starts mm-hmm. talking about like his feelings and his sensitivities and, and, and it's like, oh, dude, just fucking pull it together, man. Like Mm -hmm. it's things really you're, I mean, it's, I mean, by definition, it's insensitive, but I'm saying like, you're just, you're, you're way too sensitive. You know, you, you just really need to pull yourself together. I I understand how Mm -hmm. you feel. I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel this way or whatever, but you need to fucking get your shit together. And (laughs) there, there are some moments with Andre where it feels like that. And it feels like Wallace Shawn wants to say that to him, you know? Yeah. It's like, seriously, And he he wants to. I, 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 if you look at it from a plotting perspective, we go in with the Wallace Shawn character admitting that he doesn't necessarily want to meet with Andre, and he's not looking forward to the meal, and he's really concerned about what, what the discussion is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you can see his character choosing not to engage. Yeah. But then his character reaches the same point that I, as a viewer, reach at a pretty much the same time, which was, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How dare you <laughs> tell me that I cannot reach this level of understanding that you've reached simply because I didn't go to Scotland or I didn't go to the forests of Poland, which he, he mentions several yeah. times, or climb Mount Everest. Or I think the, the, the metaphor that he, uh, the, the use he says is you can go into a cigar store and you can uh, get just as much meaning from that and, and it would blow your mind away. Oh, shit, I'm, I'm lapsing into Wallace Shawn yeah. every time I start quoting him. <laughs> um, 
and and that's what saves the movie for me because if it had just been Andre Gregory talking about this stuff and him accepting it for two hours, yeah, I'm number one. I don't think this movie would be as well remembered because then it would just seem like a soapbox for this guy's point of view. Yeah, and it's that it's that back and forth that they have from that point on, and because even after that point, uh, Andre concedes to some of his points. They yeah. they actually have a rational discussion back and forth, and there isn't even a point where Andre actually gets a little upset that <laughs> that he is being contradicted to a certain degree, <laughs> well, and he has problems with, with with what's being said. It's my dream of what the comment sections on YouTube videos uh, would be like. <laughs> really, if only if only they could all if only all those assholes could be Andre, would be so much. They'd be a little uh, more pretentious, but more civil and yeah, agreeable. More, more civil, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, the moment, I mean, uh, my favorite, it's, I mean, it's strange to think of it in terms of scenes, but I mean, my, uh, my favorite scene, my favorite moment or se- sequence in the movie is, it's, uh, it's after they've begun their back and forth, but uh, it's, yeah. it's closer to the end. It's when uh, Wallace Shawn, it's when he says, uh, uh, do you want me to tell you what I really think of all this? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and then he that... goes he goes up on this little rant about how like things are so much better now because of science and because Because of, of science and everything else, yeah. And he says, you know, and and how, you know, well now we know that that trees can't turn into animals. Like we know that that mm-hmm. can't happen and that's good. It's a good thing. That, and then that you Gregory con- counters with a common argument that we hear all the time. Um, of, well, if all of these meaningless things have no meaning, then how can it be? And he says, well, you take all of those meaningless things and you, you study them and you observe them and, exactly. then, and then you put them together. And then he basically describes the scientific method and he gives it a, re, a, a, a solid, clear, um, concise, you, yes, you can take all of this meaningless, desperate stuff and give it meaning through science. Yeah. It can give you something that you can observe and, and, re- and what he says most importantly, that you can repeat. Right. And, 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 when and he, that is... And when he makes that case, it's, it was important to me as a viewer, is that when Wallace Shawn, because Wally is quiet for so much of the movie, or he just does little interjections yeah. here and there. Um, when he make when he goes when he begins that little speech, he's just as as eloquent as Andre has been because Andre is very well spoken mm-hmm. and an incredibly eloquent character. And for yeah. and for Wally to not only offer a plausible counterpoint, but to make it sound just as good. And even though he's not talking about he's talking about science and reality, but he says it in in a way that is just as eloquent and just as poetic as as Andre's stuff has been. So you it, so you can see like both. Both points of view can be appreciated as as something beautiful, you know. And obviously, mm-hmm. and and if you're if you're on my side of the fence and your side of the fence, we appreciate the scientific viewpoint even more because we don't think it's full of shit. But yeah, but they can both. But that's one. Of, that's also one of the. Uh, that's also one of the common criticisms of you know. Well, you're just a materialist. You're just a naturalist. You don't think anything has any meaning. There's no beauty in your view of the world. And that that. The, the way that Wallace Shawn describes it shows that that's just absolutely not true. That, yeah. that there is a great deal of beauty and poetry in uh, a naturalistic view of the world. You don't have to believe that, as he said, you know, that trees can turn into animals or that there are spirits <laughs> or that there are spirits in everything in order to find the world an incredibly beautiful and beguiling place. Exactly. Okay, so, Steve. Would you recommend buy dinner with Andre? I I would highly recommend it, and I would just say, I mean, stick with it. I mean, if if you find if you find yourself struggling with it after the first half hour or so, just stick with it, uh, and see if you like it any better after 
they're they they get more into conversation. Uh, but yeah, I, I love yeah. it. It's I really like it. It's it's a terrific movie. I highly recommend it. Yeah, um, I recommend it too. But I will also say this: it's not for everybody. It's it really is not for everyone. If if this if the idea of two people having a, a philosophical conversation for two hours um, does not interest you, I would say try it. You may be surprised that uh, you find it engaging. This is not the type of movie where you sit down and 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 you you know plan the end. I I watch this relaxing, you know, uh, vaping and and having a cup of coffee. You know, <laughs> I I just I I watched it and I was fully awake. <laughs> <laughs> When I watched it, and I found it just as engaging, just as frustrating, but I think intentionally so. Um, I'm not saying that there is a certain segment of the population that will not get it, but I know that there will be people out there who don't care about what is being discussed, and that's fine. That's You know what? If you don't care about the stuff that you heard us mention, then don't go see it. But if that stuff interests you and you want a, a film that will leave you, uh, I know for me, questioning my own um, perceptions of things, because I, I started thinking to myself, well, why am I invalidating Andre's entire point of view? You know, why, why am I so angry at this guy who is approaching things strictly from what, what he knows, just because he hasn't had the same life experiences that I have had and doesn't seem to be able to appreciate that not everyone in the world world can uh, approach life the way he has approached life when they have a, you know, a, 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 a crisis um, psychologically like that he appears to have. Um, and I think that that is, that the movie is a jumping off point for you to think about those kinds of things. And 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 just and it's definitely one of those films where in 1981, where you left the theater and you, and you watch the movie, you turn to your date or your friend or whatever, and you start talking about the things that were in the film that they, that they addressed, not necessarily about the film itself. So. Yeah. I am going to recommend it, and uh, uh, just remember, if your if your wheelhouse is things must explode every two seconds, and I'm not invalidating <laughs> that because I am a huge lover of things exploding every two seconds as well. Um, but you really don't. When people start talking, you lose interest. You may not want to check it out. But um, yeah, two recommendations for both. So that's not a surprise. <laughs> but you know what? There are people out there who don't like you don't think the way we do and probably what? will not recommend it. Yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. And uh, so now, cold from the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, I have pulled two counterpoint reviews, and they disagree with both Steve and I. And the first one is a little confusing. It's from Daniel C. He gave the movie four stars. Which would qualify it as a really good film, but then he wrote this. The movie is boring and long, and though I hate the sort of people in it, my dinner with Andre has worthwhile ideas to share. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what did he... It, when, you, when you categorize something as boring and long, and he hates the people in it... But the ideas are good. Maybe he maybe he thinks that it should have just been a leaflet with the ideas on it that you hand out and go, here are the ideas in the movie. You don't really need to see it because it's long and boring and you'll hate the people in it. Wow. He, I, I don't have I don't know what was going I mean I can I can understand the boring and long and I hate the people in it because I think I said something along those lines <laughs> he really do you think he realizes Actually, wait a minute this is my review <laughs> do you think he realizes that four stars is as high as it goes I think it's five is it do, is it a five star scale I well, think yeah. so. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, if all you like are a few things in the movie, you can give it a mm -hmm. lower rating. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the other one is from Bloggin4, who gave it no stars. Oh. 
and wrote, Walked out! Worst movie ever, and I wish I asked for my money back. Stupid. <laughs> I'm not sure if the stupid part is the is him criticizing himself for not having asked us for his money back. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I guess he you know wanted, what I, I guess... we try not. Go what ahead. were you gonna say? No, go ahead. No, go go. No, you go. I was gonna say. Stop being <laughs> you hang up first. Um, I was gonna say. I I guess he just likes to see the giant robots fight each other, and I, if, maybe if there aren't giant robots fighting each other, he's like, oh, dude, I can't believe I paid to see this. It's I've a- walked out of Sophie's Choice. I walked out of <laughs> when the people French start Lieutenant's talking. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out of my life as a dog, and I walked out of this movie. Um, what was? I mean, I I don't understand. Did he go in thinking that the movie was going to be different? Yeah, I mean, it's a straightforward title, My Dinner with Andre. And if you looked it up in the newspaper and read the review, it's two guys talking to each other. Was this a surprise? It just kind of tells you in the title, right? I mean, well, yeah. you can't even say you've been bait and switched. <laughs> like, it's in the title of the film. Uh, I'm not in here to invalidate other people's uh, perceptions of film. That is that is not my job. And if you walked out, you are you you, you that's your statement on the film. You walked out. That's fine. But um, I'm glad you didn't get your money back. <laughs> You're not. I hope to occur like to you movie. on the. Yeah, but I would have loved to have watched the guy go up to the ticket counter and demand his money back from my dinner with Andre. <laughs> Yeah, so that the so that the girl working the box office could have said, "Are we showing that?" <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. This review was written in two thousand six. What theater was he going to? Yeah, Is really. he recalling something that happened in eighty one when he was a bitter young man? <laughs> I remember that movie. I walked out, I think, and I didn't get my. I think movies were like three dollars back then. I didn't get my three dollars back. Is that the one where that guy from the Princess Bride just ate soup while that other guy talked at him? <laughs> Bullshit. Who has amaretto with espresso anymore? <laughs> um, okay, so that's done. And now we're going to go on to recommendations. These are films that we are going to recommend people go out and see that maybe you haven't heard of or have heard of or we just like and we want to continue to push our opinions on people. Um, Steve, uh, what are you recommending this week? I am recommending a movie that, uh, like My Dinner with Andre, is a two-character piece. Uh, and I'm recommending a Gus Van Sant film called Jerry. Uh, oh, this uh, it's very different from my dinner with Andre. Uh, yes, it is. It's almost like it's they're they're both two character pieces, but they're sort of opposite ends of the scale. My dinner with Andre is a single location and almost entirely dialogue driven, whereas wait, Jerry's not a single location. Well, <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> Jerry is uh, almost. Almost completely absent of dialogue, except for a few scenes here and there throughout. Um, it's 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 a like I said, a Gus Van Sant film. It's the first film of what is sort of informally known as Gus Van Sant's Death Trilogy, uh, yeah. which also includes Elephant and Last Days. I would say all three of them are excellent films. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly Elephant is one of my favorite films. But uh, but Jerry fits the most with the My Dinner with Andre theme because it's about two friends uh, played by Matt Damon and Casey Affleck who basically just get lost in the wilderness. 
Yeah. Uh, because they're idiots. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. They, they kind of, they're, they're, they're going to, it seems to be like a national park type of place and they just get turned around and get lost. And most of the movie is just them trying to find their way back to civilization and, and slowly realizing uh-huh. how, how incredibly <laughs> lost they are. Um, and it's a very slow, very quiet movie. Like I say, there are, there are long stretches where there's no dialogue or very little dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. v- very little happens. I mean, it's, a, um, but it's, uh, and actually it was, they're, they're supposed to be in the same location for the whole movie, but the film was actually shot in many different locations all around the world. And then it was just sort of edited together. Cause if you pay, if you pay attention to the, and if you look at it that way, it almost becomes kind of surrealist because it's like they, they go from sort of, you know, North American pine forest to like salt flats to, you know, very high mountains. Uh, but it's, it, and just like my dinner with Andre, it's not for everybody. It, it's, it's very slow. It's very, it, it would be easy to see why people would consider it boring. Uh, but I think it's a terrific movie and it's a really good, it's a good example of another way to do a two character piece in a film. So that's my recommendation. Uh, Jerry by Gus Van Sant. Okay. I, I did. If you didn't notice, I was like Wallace Shawn. I was biting my tongue. During the thing. <laughs> you, you're not a fan of Jerry. You, that's going to be a discussion for another show, I think. You won't, you won't hurt my feelings. You won't hurt my feelings. <clears throat> it's not my favorite. Yeah, okay. It's not my favorite. You son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. We're supposed to have a reasonable dis- <laughs> discussion. Just turning into just being mean to each other. Yeah, well, fuck you. Okay, well, no, okay. feel free to disagree with what I'm going to okay, recommend. cool. Uh, <clears throat> um... Touching on the subjects that uh, the characters were discussing in uh, in the movie, I chose a film called Mr. Nobody, um, which was directed by uh, Jaco Van Dormel. Um, it was produced back in 2009. It stars Jared Leto and Sarah Pauly. And the closest thing that I can describe Mr. Nobody as is, is it's kind of like a mashup of Slaughterhouse-Five. 2001 and something else that I can't think of at the moment. I had it earlier today, but I can't remember what it is. Um, Basically, it is a... Boy, it's hard to describe. Um, Part of it takes place in the far-off future where uh, they have discovered... uh, the cure for mortality. Almost everyone is 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 pseudo immortal, um, except for one person, and he's the last mortal on Earth, and his name is Nemo Nobody, and he's 119 years old. He has memory problems. The entire world is watching him because he is literally the last man. He's going to be the last man to die on on Earth. And the movie is told as a series of, I, I guess you would call them flashbacks. Um, but it also is a movie about uh, choices you make and uh, about fate and about um, um, how different your life can be. So we're seeing alternate alternate futures of the same character told backwards. If It makes more sense when you see it. <laughs> I know I'm not doing it uh, 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 justice by, by this description because I'm also trying not to spoil a whole lot. Because there's a lot in the film that uh, you, you have to watch. Jared Leto is, is, is excellent playing... Uh, 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 Nemo Nobody, uh, both as as a uh, young man and uh, as the older gentleman um, in a, a lot of makeup, which reminded me for some reason of the old age makeup at the end of Little Big Man. Oh, there's a pull. <laughs> Everyone go out and go see Little Big Man. Um, and it, it, it tackles a lot about the nature of existence, the nature of memory, the... the, the uh, 
the when he's 119 years old, he keeps thinking that he's only 34 years old. So he has the he has uh, a lot of these memories being pulled out of him through hypnosis. Um, there are angels in this. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of strange concepts and ideas, and uh, not just uh, it is not a, a religious film by any stretch of the imagination, but it takes into account things like the butterfly effect, and a lot of uh, 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 physics thought experiments are applied into the plot of this film. I don't think it got a release in the United States, but you can find it right now on Netflix if you if you want to watch it. It is probably one of the better sci-fi films that I have seen that do, does not involve um, alien killing one another or uh, spaceships necessarily um, and uh, I would have to say the closest thing I can relate it to is Slaughterhouse 5 with the same kind of disjointed storytelling and uh, scientific as- uh, sci-fi aspect to it so I'm going to recommend Mr. Nobody go out and find it have you seen that story? I have actually not seen it I'm going to have to check it out yeah okay it's I on will. Netflix right now I will definitely check it out You'll hate it. And then we can fight about that. We can do a Jerry and Mr. <laughs> Nobody face-off. You don't know that I'll hate it. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, leave a comment uh, down below. As uh, you probably have figured out, I have posted this on YouTube. So please leave your comments down below. Comments, questions, anything. Um, and if you... Uh, I'm going to add a little bit onto this podcast. And that is, if you ask us a question, we will answer it on the next podcast. Steve didn't know I was going to do that, but I'm going to make him do it anyway. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> Too bad. So <laughs> if you have a question for us, uh, leave it down below and we'll, and we'll answer it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in. I hope you guys appreciate the new format. And uh, until next time, go out and see a movie this week. Yeah, enjoy your giant fighting robot movies. <laughs> What is it with me and having co-hosts that gotta end with with insulting the audience? Would you like something more upbeat? Sure, go for it. Thank you for listening. I love you all so much. Oh, that's creepy. Is that too much? Yeah, it's too much. Okay.